along with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another outstanding edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England Zone, Van Helsink. No one with me today. She's out in the woods looking for Bigfoot or something. I don't know. Anyways, but joining me is the founder of uh, Rise Up Paranormal and the, I guess, well, I guess he's the host of uh, Ocean State Paracon, Ken DaCosta. Hey, what's going on, Ron? How are you tonight? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Before we get started, I want to send my best to St. Jan. Oh, she's recovering. Yeah. Hope all is uh, hope all's well there. Yeah, sturdy stock she is. She's doing. She's recovering. I'm telling yeah. you, it's that cursed picture I have. Think so? Oh yeah, cursed picture has gotten a lot of people. Yeah, out. No, who can't do that? <laughs> you don't throw cursed items out. It seems like an easy cure, but okay. I mean, oh no, no, you know, you know what you're doing. Yeah, you'll end up disrespecting it. It'll give you more trouble. Well, so anyway, yeah. see, it's only you, affecting the you run that risk. It's only affecting the people around me, not me. So if I throw it out, it'll affect me. So you know. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> just save yourself. <laughs> save me. <laughs> Women and children alike, folks. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. right. So, okay. uh, Ken, you know, I, I was. Maybe you can help me with this. I was looking, uh, doing some research on the, um, on the internet. That's what that thing is, and I came across. I thought it was a, a paranormal group, and it had you in it, mm-hmm. Kenny, Desbian, Chen, and mm. all the guys. Do you know what that's about? Yeah, I have no idea. Oh, it, it all depends where you're going with it. If it's something bad, I never met those guys in my life. No, no it's not that bad. I was just curious because I, 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 you know, I know all you guys, and I've seen you all to, together, and it's like I thought this was a paranormal group. Were you ever in a, all, group, all in a group together? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, uh, okay, that explains it. There you go. <laughs> to this day. I was going to see where you were going with this. I don't know if anybody committed a crime or not. Not that I can remember. <laughs> but no, uh, no Joe's, <clears throat> Joe's part of Rise Up. Uh, Cody is part of Rise Up, myself. And uh, we kind of uh, cross-pollinated a little bit uh, because we're all members of TAPS as well. So we're sort of like... Uh, you know, uh, the three amigos of, uh, sort of like, you know, the, um, you know, uh, like I say, a crossover between the two groups. So, I mean, we've known each other for a long time. Great friends of mine. Oh, I, did, I wasn't aware of it. I mean, I, I know you knew each other, but I didn't know that you were in the same group together. I, like I said, I, uh-huh. I don't think I was looking New England ghosts or something like that, and it came up, and, and there was a couple of other people in the 
the uh, pictures. Well, I can't recall who they were though at this time. Yeah, no, many, uh, many adventures, many adventures and misadventures together over the years. You know, very, very good friends of mine. You know, we're all, we're all pretty tight knit group. Right, but you are the founder of Riser Paranormal. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, back in uh, we put ourselves together in two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Um, when a lot of us got interested in kind of pooling our resources and putting our heads together and I wasn't a lone wolf anymore. So, um, you know, I dragged everybody into this with me, you know, so, so far, no complaints. We'll see how it goes, but, uh, no, nah, it's, uh, it's been, uh, it's been a hell of a journey. Yeah. It, you know, uh, you guys uh, seem like you're doing a lot of stuff. And one of the, the big things, of course, that you do is the uh, Ocean State Paracon, which I've seen, never been, but I've seen for years. And uh, it's uh, always intrigued me. So this year I get to go, which is even more fun. Yeah, we uh, put an end to, um, to that drought that you haven't been there. So, I mean, not only yep. are you going to attend, but you're going to be a speaker. So, I mean, you're, we're really? throwing you in the deep, deep end this year. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was blackballed or something. I don't know, you know. No, not yeah. at all. <laughs> anyway, I'm just teasing. Uh, yeah, I get a good, good lineup of this uh, this uh, Paracon. You have uh, mm-hmm. a lot of names I do know and a couple of, that I haven't heard of before. So, you want to go down the list a little bit and let people know who who is attending yeah sure i mean i know i'm going to miss somebody here but uh you know andrew Perrin will be returning to Rhode island and uh, of course the event's going to be held in harrisville where you know which is the site of the original conjuring the farmhouse she lived uh at with her uh family it's about a mile or so i guess from the venue we're using oh, but wow. she comes back every year and reconnects with um People she went to school with and teachers and people she grew up with, and uh, we always look forward to that. Um, Tiffany Rice, who a lot of you viewers um, and listeners know, uh, Spirit Medium, she's going to be doing a gallery reading. She usually kicks it off for us. And uh, Joe Chen will be there, Dustin Parry from Ghost Hunters, and Amy Bruni from Kindred Spirits will be there for the weekend with us. Mm. And um, Sam Baltrusis, yourself, Shannon Sovia, who people know from Ghost Hunters International. Yeah. She'll also be a speaker there. Uh, Christopher Rondina, who's just come out with a great book on the um, Headless Horseman legend, where he traveled to Germany and actually found the name of the Hessian soldier who was beheaded in the Battle of White Plains. That Washington, Washington Irving, yes. R- Really? Washington Irving um, based his story on. So, wow. uh, so he wrote a book on uh, his exploits there and his travels, and that's going to be available for everyone as well. But uh, Jack Kenna is going to be there from Haunted Case Files and Haunting, and we're going to be doing a panel discussion on demonology with the Johnson brothers and wow. James Abito and... Um, Another panel discussion on psychic mediumship um, with uh, three of the mediums there. So um, it's the kind of event where, you know, we all get together, have fun. There's lots of vendors, there's food, you know, um, a lot of craftsmen, artists, authors. But our presentations are done inside a beautiful 300-seat theater. Air conditioned, that's always always a big plus. But... um, 
you know, the uh, the lectures, the presentations is something that we emphasize. That's uh, a focal point, which is why we have different people every year and uh, different voices, different perspectives on things. Um, we enjoy it. Yeah, that, you know, I, when I had to come up with a topic and, you know, I, I debated back and forth what to do it on. And uh, uh, it finally came up with the physical mediumship and uh, paranormal investigating, which is, is kind of my thing now. That's something I'm really interested in, physical mediumship. It's it's a uh, uh, area I think is overlooked a lot. And uh, so it. I'm really, you know, happy to do this. It's going to be great. I love it. Ah, it's excellent. I mean, like I say, um, I love the different topics that people come up with. Uh, Tim Weisberg from Spooky South Coast Radio has got, uh, so far, he's got the title that weekend, uh, the most intriguing one, How to Be a Paranormal TV Star. It's probably going to be a very well-attended event. <laughs> you know, his lecture, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll fill the house with people with notebooks, I think. Uh, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that, that, yeah, it sounds cool. Uh, yeah, uh, Spooky South Coast has been on for years and years and years. Uh, I've been on their show. They've been on ours. It's, it, they're, they're a really great bunch of uh, people, and uh, Tim has been at it for as long as I can remember. So, I think yeah. uh, I would expect a lot of tongue-in-cheek um, in Tim's presentations because, of course, the, Tim is the researcher for shows like Ghost Stalkers, Haunted Towns, quite a bit. So I think that uh, he'll probably have a few funny anecdotes there. Um, the one thing I wanted to mention beyond that, we'll get to um, prices and dates and stuff, but um, it's a charity event we put on every year. 100% of the proceeds of the profits of the event go to a selected charity. And uh, again, this year it's going to be Friends Way of Rhode Island. They do some great work um, offering um, free grief counseling to children and their families who uh, have suffered a traumatic loss. And um, it's a great advocacy program that helps bring closure and lets people know that they're not alone. They interact with other families who are going through similar situations. So uh, we're very proud, again, this year to partner with them. That's that's a great idea. And, and you know, that kind of gets lost in the shuttle and the uh, shuffle of what we do mm-hmm. is that we really, you know, it, we're dealing with people who have passed, and, and these people that have passed have uh, loved ones, and some of these loved ones are still alive. And uh, it kind of irks me in a way uh, uh, about mediums. I mean, because – don't get me wrong, I have nothing against mediums, but you have some mediums that will go in into a location, and they'll say, oh, this person, he was a pedophile, you know, he, he did this and did that. Well – the person's dead. There's actually no no uh, records of him ever abusing anybody or anything, and mm-hmm. yet that that information is, is out there like it's a fact. And you know, and sometimes the, these people still have loved ones around. So I, I think a lot of times we forget what we're really doing, and uh, it, it's overlooked. I mean, it's so easy to say whatever you want, but someone can't defend themselves and. Uh, uh, and yeah. they may be true. I'm not. I'm not saying it isn't, but it, it's just. It, it just seems a little cold at times to me. 
Yeah, I think that sometimes, um, you know, it's the same with paranormal groups. It's the same with any any facet of life, you know, right. any vocation. You have people that uh, kind of use it to their advantage, um, that speak in generalities without mm-hmm. any kind of real documentation. Um, this is why we've worked with um, people like Tiffany Rice in the past who, you know, we get to control the information. You know, they don't know where they're going. And um, what I like is that they um, will give you names, you know, and they're not always right. And, I mean, I understand that. But what we try to do is to bring emotional content to uh, an investigation where we'll be able to say this person lived here, they died at this date, this is how they died, this was their family, the whole genealogy sort of thing. But someone with a a legitimate gift can bring emotional content to it. You know, this is the frame of mind someone was in, give you a little bit uh, more of a perspective on who the person was and not just the name and dates and things like that. And if you can find somebody who, like, legitimately has that gift, it's, uh, it really is invaluable. Right. I agree 100%. It's just how that information is dispersed is, is what irks me at times. So, yeah. Well, uh, no, I mean, we get that too. I mean, we, we have worked with people, you know, there's always someone buried in a basement and there was always someone murdered. <laughs> and there was, I, I mean, and that's, um, no, that's just it's a, demons, fact. It's, it's a sad, yeah, it's a sad fact of it. And, um, I don't know if it's for the, um, the entertainment part of it or to sort of bring everybody in. And, but I'll never understand why people do that. I, I guess I do understand it's all for, you know, some type of personal gain or what have you. But, um, you know, we're no different than any other walk of life. There are unscrupulous roofers and plumbers and carpenters and you know so it's just something that we have to deal with unfortunately what we do run is like a lot of times we deal with people on an emotional level whether it's clients and stuff like that so you got to be very careful who you invite uh, into your home right exactly and and the interesting thing about it too is it's some of these people they're not just uh i think they're just inconsiderate in other words they don't really think uh they mean well and and you know they're not i'm not saying like they're bad plumbers are bad but i think they they honestly may be getting this information and they believe it's true but they don't think of the consequences of uh the particular information without verification i mean or or anything so that that's i don't know i'm sorry i got on this subject but it just came up (laughs) no no i mean i think it's kind of fascinating because it's uh it's something that uh we all deal with on some level um, in terms of the different types of people that are involved and what we're interested in. You know, it's, it's, uh, we did a, uh, an event, Richard Felix from Most Haunted came over here a couple of years and worked with me and uh, we were doing an event. He was doing an event. I was doing it with him and um, uh, I had a near death experience and I, and I kind of, you know, it, Told it, and then after it was all over, this this lovely old woman came up to me and she says, "Were you were you serious about 
you know, what you experienced in your near-death experience. And I said, how oh, I don't fear death because, you know, I know there's something through this experience that, that it's better and so forth. I says, yes, I, one thing I do is I don't lie. I says, that's what I believe and uh, that's what I experienced. And she says, you don't know how happy that means. She says, I just lost my husband a week ago. So uh, that was important how things we say affect other people. Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, belief systems are very, very powerful things. And mm-hmm. I think for the most part, I think I think most of us, um, you know, we're still searching for our own answers. It's a legitimate question where we go. I mean, we've been asking it for thousands of years, oh, yeah. you know, for, for millennia. So, you know, the only difference is now in the age of technology that we live in, we're more prone to using a lot of uh, gadgets. Yeah, a lot of gizmos and a lot of things out there. But I mean, hey, you know, we're a culture that spends most of the time on our cell phones anyway, right? So it stands to reason that we would incorporate uh, those type of things as we evolve a little bit. And, you know, you and I won't be around 50 years or 100 years from now, but if they're still chasing this, which you know, maybe they will be unless they come up with a definitive answer. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I want to see eventually, uh, you know, how it turns again and how everything tends to develop. Right. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely changed. I mean, my views, my own personal views and have changed since I started doing this to where I am now through the, through the years. The way I look at it, 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 this whole journey we're on is a learning journey, and we learn stuff, and we look at things a little differently than we we first did. We have to—that's the problem. You have to open this. You have an open mind when you 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 deal with this stuff. If if you have a closed mind, then you know you're really uh, limiting yourself and what you can understand. Absolutely. I mean, there are articles I've written that um, people can find uh, on our website, riseupparanormal.com, where I, you know, touched on a subject and whether it's Ouija boards or the human mind or whatever the case may be. And I find myself maybe five years or even five months later when I learn something new. It's like, well, you know, I was barking up the wrong tree here, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll amend those articles saying, well, you know, I learned something that I didn't know before or that I didn't think of before or something like that. So it's a constant evolution. Um, and it doesn't matter. I mean, you and I have been doing this for a long time. I mean, 43 years for me and you probably, <laughs> if not more amount. But you have to leave yourself open to the idea of new ideas and, um, you know, being able to um, say you were wrong or maybe you didn't think of something. And I think that's part of the evolution of, uh, of anybody in, in any walk of life. You know, you just have to understand that there are different concepts out there and some of them aren't going to make sense to you and some of them will speak to you. And unfortunately, some paranormal groups don't think that way. They, they're pretty much rigid in what they do and uh, are not really open to other things. Uh, which well, I think a lot of times they just it's a regurgitation of what you see in the media. And um, which is, you know, one of the things I mean, I'm all for anybody who gets a shot, you know, you want to do a show or something like that. That's fine. But. 
um, the way it's presented by networks, because, you know, it seems like more and more they're making little horror movies now. The unfortunate exactly part about this is that the general public, um, this is the impress, sometimes, this is the only contact they have with people like us. So they tend to look at what's on the screen and what's presented to them, um, and sort of draw a conclusion that this is what we do, you know, all right. the time. You know, everyone's getting attacked and everything. And demons <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I think you've got to kind of put that aside. We say it a lot. It's just entertainment and you look at, you know, you look at it through that lens. And, um, but unfortunately, a lot of people don't. And um, I see a lot of groups and people just, repeat the same things that are on television, the same words, same phrases, same use of um, little buzzwords and catchphrases and things like that. And, you know, immediately you can tell, yeah, you know, I mean, this is unfortunately where they get a lot of their education from. So, but hopefully that changes if, if they decide to stick it out. You know, that's the biggest problem is, is we don't have enough uh, good funded programs from colleges and, and uh, universities uh, doing serious work in, in paranormal investigation, mm-hmm. uh, field work especially. Uh, we barely even get laboratory work out of anybody. I mean, we have the Rhine and a couple of little, little places that, that, that. Yeah, there's a couple in England. Yeah. More in England than here in the U.S. Uh, Well, I mean, parapsychology is a thing, but it's just an offshoot of, you know, psychology courses that are prerequisite for those type of things. You know, you have to take those kind of things. Um, But even parapsychology, people tend to think of it in terms of where we're talking about hauntings and ghosts. And that's actually what parapsychology is. It's just... um, um, sort of like abnormal or strange functions of the mind as as we know it. It's just uh, um, it's a field that gets applied to the paranormal. And in reality, it's it's more with side than it is with yeah. uh, paranormal. Basically, there isn't really much field work done in, in uh, by uh, you know by degree parapsychologist it's all yeah. laboratory work it's it's studying esp it's studying uh remote viewing it's uh studying uh sensory deprivation stuff like that yeah exactly it's just basically brain functions how they affect uh you know our own psyche and our own perception and that's actually one of the things that i am really focused on right now is the human condition you know how our brains are wired to react to certain stimuli and if possibly this is why people have these kind of episodes where they you know see something or someone um but i found that you know i a lot of colleges do have ghost hunting teams um here we have the university university of Rhode island uh they've had one for, for a number of years now and um this is this this is a um, a club that we mentor here. Give a lot of talks. Sometimes we'll take um, them out in the field with us, get them away from school, and get them into a few of these places. And the thing that it's encouraging to me is a lot of these kids think rationally and objectively, but they take their majors, whether that's psychology, English, engineering, whatever the case may be, 
and they bring that discipline into the field where there's a little bit more critical thinking. So if some of these young people decide that they just want to stay with us because, you know, once they graduate, they've got to get out of their life, they need jobs, of course. So, um, but if they decide to stay with it, I, I hope that um, they'll continue on that path and kind of push us forward a little bit. You certainly don't need a college degree to do what we do, but... Um, you know, um, I'm very encouraged by um, by some of these kids that, uh, you know, that I've spoken to and, and spent some time with over the years. So, you know, we'll see where uh, another generation takes us. Yeah, I guess it really goes down to what motivates them to do it. I mean, you know, right. along with Tim's talk, is it? You know, being on TV, is that your deal, fame and fortune? Is it, uh, you know, is it helping people? Is it uh, to understand the phenomena? Uh, you know, there are different, is it just to go out and be scared? Uh, you know, it, it depends what drives them. I think that's the ultimately what will determine uh, happens to this field. Yeah, I mean, whatever the catalyst is, I mean, you touched on some of it right there, you know, um, some people really are seeking attention, um, and they are, and I don't, you know, I, <laughs> I don't really embrace that kind of thing, but it's not my life, and, and that's fine, and other people do want to take this and go out and get an adrenaline rush, you know, we've always called them the thrill seekers, yeah. type of, of people and, and some of them wear it like a, a badge, you know, they're, they're proud of that. You know, it's like, yeah, they love the adrenaline rush and things like that. But, mm. you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, I guess the question is, what is it that you want to accomplish in doing this? You know, if it's just to have fun, I've always preached this. You have to understand that, you know, if you're a person of integrity and character, while you're having fun and getting your name out there and everything, all of this you're doing is done on the shoulders of the dead, those who have passed on. Exactly. Um, so when people say, well, we have to have respect for the dead, well, sometimes their actions belie their words, you know, because um, we always have to remember that those who have passed on, as we will, you know, they had their own joys and triumphs in life and you know, sadness and happiness, they went through the whole human experience. Um, and I don't think that they're necessarily there for our entertainment or to enrich our own lives in terms of, you know, our own personal agendas. So it's when someone asks me what advice you would give, you know, um, I would just say, you know, just kind of be, you know, I guess pure of heart without you know, trying to sound like King Arthur or something like that. And that you know, we'll I hold mean, that thought because we're going to have to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good way to live. It's being pure hot. I like that. Anyways, uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. No end tonight. Just uh, Ron and our very special guest, Ken DaCosta of Rise Up Paranormal and Ocean State Paracon. We'll be right back after the following messages. You have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. 
Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And bringing us back is none other than the theme music from Van Helsink, of course. I am Ron Kolick, and you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Tojinet and Pararex, or the podcast, or iTunes, or TuneUp, or wherever the hell we are. But anyways, our special guest today is Ken DeCosta of Rise Up Paranormal and uh, the Ocean State Paranormal. Paranormal, oh, wait a minute, I just screwed that up. Ocean State Paranormal Conference? Yeah, Paracon. Paranormal oh, Conference. That's, it, just, it fits better on T-shirts, that's all. That's what it is, huh? Yeah. yeah. So uh, just before the break, we were, we were talking a little bit about uh, dead people, uh, which kind of fitting. Uh, but we'll share a little bit more about the, uh, the conference that's coming up. Uh, all the proceeds go to a, a, a good cause. And uh, what, what's some of the things going to be happening? You talked about some of the speakers. Uh, are there any nighttime events or anything happening? Yeah, actually, on Saturday night, we're going to uh, team up with uh, Providence Ghost Tour. And a lot of times, you know, there's a ghost hunt or something like that. We decided to kind of change it up this year. So Providence Ghost Tour is a company in uh, Providence, actually, you know, obviously, capital city. <laughs> And they take you to the east side of Providence where people like Poe and Lovecraft uh, once lived and studied and spent a lot of time. Um, where there's an awful lot of uh, reportedly haunted and bizarre and weird locations there. So uh, they're going to do a 90-minute walking tour of the east side. And they do such a great job, you know, because... You know, it's in costumes and it's a lantern tour and, um, you know, it's theatrical as well as it is uh, educational. Mm -hmm. And there are stops along the way. They uh, encourage people to bring paranormal equipment, which is not something on a typical ghost walk that you that you see. But it's something that um, they incorporate into it. The only thing they ask is no one take any video because, you know, their tour is their intellectual property, obviously. But um, rather than, um, you know, sitting everybody in a haunted house, we thought it would be nice to get out on a summer night, walk around the capital city and 
visit some of these locations and hear some of the stories on that. So that's a great um, idea. Well, you know, something a little bit different. We we do like to incorporate some different ideas into uh, into what we do and keep it fresh. So you know, we're very very happy to uh, have them along this year. You know, I, that's how I got my first taste of the paranormal is I was a vacation at a historic uh, Williamsburg uh, with my wife and son. And uh, on a whim, I decided, well, why don't we do a, a ghost tour they had through there? And it was a candlelight one. And uh, it was quite enjoyable. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, it was met with a positive reaction. So rather than the typical kind of thing, because, I mean, they can accommodate 150 people. If they if they wanted to on different tours, so it's something that's affordable that everybody can participate in, and um, you know, and still have a lot of the night to uh, to spend. You know, so um, very very glad we were able to do that this year. And if somebody wants to, you know, someone's traveling there, where, where can they stay? Well, we've got uh, twenty rooms. I don't know what we have left now, but typically there's a Holiday Inn in Smithfield. Um, that information can also be found on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. might have to spoil a little bit for it, but um, uh, we do have rooms available. We block about 20. I'm not sure what's left right now. Right. Uh, yeah. Anybody who's looking for a room, now's the time to call. But uh, really nice place, and you run into a lot of the attendees there and the guests and everything like that. So um, that's also a lot of fun. Yeah. The uh, one thing, you know, that I'd like to stress and and it's really important that you should get your tickets in advance. And and it really does help the organizers of the event try and determine everything. So, you know, it's especially the the price of those tickets. I mean, they're they're, you know, quite reasonable. And and I I would uh, I would definitely purchase them in advance. Well, one of the things I think I really would like to mention is that all the guests I mentioned, um, I mean, Andrea's coming up from Florida, uh, Jack's coming in from New York, um, Amy doesn't live very far from me, but it's still, you know, a long day, and mm-hmm. every one of our guests are donating their time to this, um, they're making their own accommodations, and coming here, um, like I say, on their own dime, they're donating their time to us, and uh, they've been doing this since the start of this event, which was 2012, I oh, believe. That's a good run. I can't, oh, I can't believe this is coming up on eight years already. Not, you know this, but um, you know all these people donate their time to a great cause, which is what allows us to charge a very, very reasonable amount. Mm-hmm. for people to get in and we appreciate that because typically we do around 800 plus people a year over the course of the weekend so really uh, yeah it's pretty busy and uh, the location's great it's on the wow. side of it. and the tents for the vendors and the guests are set up outside um on the side of the lake and the presentations, as I mentioned before, are done inside the theater. The theater dates to 1930 and it's like 300 seat theater, absolutely beautiful. Um, so it's a great location to have this in um, a very, very significant town in Harrisville. As I said, this is, you know, this was home base, ground zero of uh, the original movie, The Conjuring. Right. 
and uh, well, the original movie or the original case, I guess. The, the, yeah, well, I mean, I think that, yeah, the case, so, but in this day and age, you know, people just watch the movies. So. <laughs> when I say, you know, House of Darkness, House of Light, Andrew Perrin, you know, which was a best-selling book, but when you say The Conjuring, oh, oh, oh okay, you know. Mm. Right. So, uh, Rise Up Paranormal is still going at it. It's still investigating. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, a lot of things. Take all that, types um, of cases. What's that? Do you take all types of cases? Um. Yeah. I mean, after we kind of vet things out and screen things and do an interview process, I mean, but we'll take on anything that doesn't matter, cryptid sighting, ghost hauntings, haunted house, UFO accounts, you know, we will take it all on. Okay, so I'm going to have to ask you then is, is that uh, right now I'm working on a, a documentary on sea serpents. So if you run across any sea serpents, be sure to let me know. Okay, I will do that. <laughs> well, Ocean State, you must be near the ocean. Well, I mean, there's a lot out here, but, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm out on my deck right now and I'm looking over the water and, you know, just looking for anything breaking the surface in. right now. Yeah, it could be, yeah. You know? No, that's one of my uh, one of my favorite things. I've done a lot of talks on um, Nessie and Lake Champlain monster, and you know a lot of um, different things like that. You know, it's something I really enjoy because it kind of takes me back to what got me interested in all of this stuff. You know, was uh, you know cryptids and UFOs and things like that when I was a kid, and you know, I guess it eventually got to the point that well, we might as throw ghosts in there too. So. And you know what's interesting is that depending on on what you're looking at uh, is how you uh, depending on your personal views, I guess it's, it's how you judge evidence that's collected. Or uh, you know, it's, it, one a ghost person might say, "Oh, this is a, a ghost or a spirit or or uh, you know a shadow person or something." And then then they say, "Oh, a UFO." Or say, "Oh, there's an alien. That's an alien. You can see that, or or a dimensional being." Uh, you know, and and even 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 your religious aspects come in through and they say oh i can see that's an angel or something like that i mean there there's so many all depends how you view things it's it's so difficult that that's what taints whatever you uh not taints but uh uh what's the word i'm looking for i don't know but anyways yeah that's how you see things it basically is through yeah whatever lens you look at these things through because even the thing with cryptids you can go back to native american culture you can go back to a lot of times myths and folklore, whether it's Sumerian, Egyptian, and just you just keep back engineering this stuff to get to um, the actual point. I do a talk on demons, but it's a little bit different um, because I'm of the mind that demons are a literary creation mm-hmm. more than anything, whether that's uh, Milton or Dante's Inferno and things like that. But the stories were so good that they were borrowed by different uh, cultures and different religions to the world. And, you know, sometimes I don't make a lot of friends doing it like that. But it's um, amazing when you look at where terms like hell and Hades and, you know, where they originated. And most of them were from um, 
we're from literature. So, you know, just uh, try and just throw my two cents in, give a different perspective on those type of things. Oh, but, sure. Why uh, not? I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with looking at things from uh, another point of view uh, yeah. at all. Uh, I mean, when you, get, when you start digging on these things and not just take it face value, but when you go back and start try to get the origin stories like you know what are these things why do we talk about them all the time where do they come from you know it can be uh you know really really fascinating thing to dig into um so and i wish more people would do it i agree i agree it's uh yeah, origin of stuff is, I mean, Jeff Belanger does a lot with uh, legend tripping and, and some right. of the origins of where these stories come from. And, you know, all legends, I guess, the, the old saying, it's based in some, some truth. Uh, oh, so it's, it's it, that's, I mean, it intrigues me. That's why I have the green environmental science, because I want to know everything and learn everything. And I'm mm-hmm. curious about everything. And so it, it's so important to be, have that open-minded i mean you look at even you know you got people that are total skeptics like joe nickel or, or some of these other guys wiseman or uh whatever but they are they're just as narrow-minded as some of the ghost hunters uh, that believe that everything is a ghost you know it's exactly right exactly right which is why we've always made it a hallmark of our approach to this is that we are object objective observers we don't we're not you know when when people say well we are either skeptics you know they hardly do they're you know the truth is they're looking for ghosts but um we try not to be skeptics or you know believers everything every case every situation we're in is a little bit different um we just try to observe and document and um you know base our conclusions on that because i think you can show a bias in your approach and having preconceived ideas before you even go into a location. And I think your evidence or your data you collect and everything can be skewed if you've already got that idea that everything is real or nothing's real. So we try to stay away from that. Right. And, you know, it's a good way to do it. I mean, really, as paranormal investigators, what what you are there to do is to collect the evidence and then then you should be analyzed from from that point you're not yeah. to, to be judged during I mean, an execution it, it, it just it it works for us i mean i guess that i you know and i have brought people in here that kind of think that way so it's the approach that works for us and keeps us motivated and keeps us going back because i think if it was just the idea let's go find the ghost and you know, then you're, you're walking away disappointed or whatever the case may be. Well, we, we like to look at it in a little broader terms than that. All right. And, you know, you know, it's to me, it's so important to understand on, you know, why things happen. Or, you know, I mean, I always get when, when you do a media interview, they always ask you, oh, what was the scariest moment? What what, you know, really frightened you or what was it's like? Nothing really ever did because I'm so caught up in the moment that I want. I'm there to try to understand it. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. What? Why did that happen? Or why is this person having this experience or everything? It, it's it's 
so wrapped up in it. It's like a surgeon almost when you're working. He's not involved with the patient at all. He's just doing that one right. particular area that he's working in, and that's what he's doing. So, yeah, but it's uh, whatever your, your protocols that you've set down for how you're going to approach things. And I mean, we always like to have a plan going in, which is why we try to get as much information as possible with the understanding that your plan can change in a heartbeat. And yeah. what, you, what you thought was happening is not happening, and that door swings both ways, too. You know, we've been to the most haunted places in the world that, you know, nothing ever really happened there. I think a lot of it was hype, or, you know, maybe somebody had an experience there, but we didn't, so I'm not going to draw a conclusion on something like that, but I think it's best to just approach it as critically, objectively as you possibly can, because... What happens there, Ron, is that <clears throat> I think the mistake we make is everything is paranormal, you know, whether it's right. dust, bugs, noises, everything's paranormal. Mm -hmm. And instead of concentrating on the small amount of stuff we can't explain, we just throw everything out there. And, um, you know, you kind of miss the forest for the trees. I would rather focus on the three things that happened last year that we can't explain instead of really, you know, spending an inordinate amount of time on something that could be this or could be that or could be explainable. Right. The, uh, when we do it, it's, it's more, we go in with a plan, okay, this is what we're going to do. So once we start that plan, it becomes more reactionary than uh, to strictly follow a plan. Uh, it, it, you know, you have to be able to react to certain situations. Uh, for instance, uh, you say you're going an investigation and, and uh, the whatever this particular room is was always having uh, things happening and it moving in it. So you certainly you know you, you want to concentrate on that room and you set some other stuff. All of a sudden you're hearing noises somewhere else in another location. You have to be able to okay. You can't just dismiss that. You have to react to that and say, okay, yeah. this is happening tonight at this time, so we'll, we'll adjust and do this uh, or that. Uh, it's, so to me, it's, it's, it's reactionary. You start with a plan, but then you go where the uh, evidence or whatever the uh, – I hate to say evidence where, – wherever the activity or whatever, uh, mm -hmm. you just follow it basically. Yeah, and I mean, a good idea is that if this room and this room uh, are the focus of most of the activity, but these other five rooms aren't, you don't dismiss those five rooms. If you're taking, right, exactly. you're taking environmental readings, you take them in those rooms as well to try to determine if there's something a little bit different atmospherically or environmentally Exactly. in these two rooms mm -hmm. that don't exist in the other five and then maybe now you're on your way to, you know, determining an answer. Right. And when I go into a, a place, I don't, I, I try to keep my, my team out as, uh, out of the loop as much as possible, what's going on. Uh, you know, I have to get the information because I have to, uh, you know, um, allocate my resources to particular areas and so forth. But uh, then it's, how we work so that they don't have any pre pre uh 
preconceived thoughts of you know what should be happening or what where it should be happening or whatever uh mm -hmm. so it, to me that's that's the way i do it now is that the the right way to do it no that's the way i do it that's all and exactly. every, every group does it a little bit differently and, and there's not necessarily a wrong or right way of doing it Right, right. I mean, I, on the other hand, I want everybody that I take on a specific uh, case, I, I want them to know everything. That's you know? it. There you go. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I want them to know what I know. They all get a copy of the interview. Uh, they'll get my conclusions on what I think of the subjects. Oh, okay. That in, and I let them know that, you know, you need to bear in mind this or bear in mind that and then you know you follow your protocols you know you walk into the house and you see dvds of nothing but horror movies and <laughs> you know things like that so you know there may be you know a predetermined kind of you know there might be a mindset but um like i say those are protocols those are things we just pay attention to yeah. but um you know, um, other people don't want to know anything. It's not that they're psychic or anything. They just, as you say, you know, because you can scare the hell out of out of anybody if you know with the big buildup in this room, this happened, and etc. and so forth, and this person had an experience. And, you know, we're all human here. You can like all of a sudden you're just on edge going in there, and then people start saying, "Well, I, I don't feel right in this room." Well, yeah. it's not surprising me because we've beat you up with it for, right, you get your conclusions. exactly so i mean you know um i think either way either approach is absolutely works perfect. for you it's the way yeah, per yeah. perfectly acceptable yeah i agree i agree totally uh you know it, it, i think it'd be interesting and i don't think we we have enough of this is that we when we have groups that do things a little bit differently is to invite you know a, a member of another group in to you know, go along and, and see how you do it and, and vice versa. And, and just so, you know, you might say, oh, this is this is kind of neat. They kind of do it like this. I might adapt that to it. And and uh, every team should be open to uh, better procedures if, if there are them. Uh, you know, if yours is absolutely the best, then okay, fine. But uh, sometimes you can pick something up. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I find that there should be more of that anyways in the way I look at it. Well, you've got to be ready to do that, too. I mean, because if you already come in with the idea that it's a competition, then... Oh, it's, God, it, no, please. It, it, it just defeats the purpose of doing that. You know, if you say, well, this is how we do it, and immediately you get, like, resistance, like, well, you know, we don't do it. That no, way. you're an observer there. That's all you are when you go in. Yeah, I mean, you know, so, you know, we, we're not going to bump heads over this type of thing. So I'm all for it, but I like to know exactly... I like to know a little bit about the people we're bringing in. Oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. I totally understand that, too, especially if you're doing something that's uh, like you, you have uh, homeowners or something where it's, a, it's a, a case that involves individual lives rather than, for instance, a, a business or something, or, sure. uh, you know, a historic landmark. But, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree with you, Ken. Yeah, you have to know who you're bringing in. And, and, and why do you think there is so much competition between groups nowadays? I don't know. I I just think that it's a field where there's no real set protocols and, you know, it's not like you go and you pass a course and you get licensed and 
there's certain criteria that everybody follows. I think it's just the nature of the field, you know? Everybody just looks at the paranormal like, well, anything could happen. Anything is possible. Um, you know, it's like the old saying, you're entitled to your opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Type. <laughs> so no one's really interested in facts. People believe what they want to believe, and sometimes that's at odds with what somebody else is trying to do. Um, the other thing too, is I think that when there are as many teams and as many people doing it in this day and age, then everybody is trying to, you know, I shouldn't say everybody, that's not true, but a lot of people out there, they're just trying to distinguish themselves and set themselves apart. And they look at people who do the same thing as competition. Competition. I I mean, I always get people, oh, we're so busy, you know, it's like, Okay, good for you. I good mean, for you, exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, it's it, it's kind of why I never embraced the paranormal unity thing. When no, we were kids, we just called it getting along with each other. Because to me, it's uh, you know, just because we have a common interest doesn't mean that I have to accept what you do unconditionally. You know. Right. If we're going to have to end it there, Ken, because we're just about out of time. Uh, once again, uh, Rise Up Paranormal, Give you want to give out the Paracon address and, and your other address for the game? Absolutely. Uh, the dates are July 13th and 14th of this year, the Assembly Theater in Harrisville, Rhode Island, 26 East Avenue. All this information is available on our website, riseupparanormal.com, or our Facebook page, Ocean State Paracon. Um, 12 20 and $5 to get into this, depending on what your package is, and a, and a great ghost tour, great ghost walk Saturday night. So, All right, so there's the tunes. Uh, I just want to thank you very much, Ken, for joining us. And uh, Ken will also be with us up at Spur, of course, this September 27th, 28th, 29th. Uh, Any com the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. Well, thanks an awful lot, Ken. Okay, you bet, Ryan. Anytime. Yep. Good night. God bless everyone. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.